Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is John Keeley. This is the 358th show of ROI, and our noted guest for today's show is Toby Payone, Uniserv Director uh, for the Great River Uniserv through the Iowa State Education Association, who is going to talk to us about COVID-19 effects on education in the state of Iowa. The history buff for today's show is Rick Sweet. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Zaptel. <laughs> Our producer and engineer is, as always, Dave Baker. This is the opening segment of our show called Farouk Dinarin, and today we'll be talking about COVID-19 effects on Iowa education with Toby Payone, Uniserv Director for the Iowa State Education Association. Toby, can you give us some kind of a timeline for the decisions that have been made by the state that affect uh, education um, in relation to the uh, pandemic? Sure. Uh, and by the way, thanks for having me on the show. And don't forget to wash your hands. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's easy, <clears throat> excuse me, it's easier to actually work backwards than it is to work forwards. Um, as of about two, two and a half hours ago, uh, nothing has changed in from the governor's uh, perspective, Governor Kim Reynolds. Um, on April 13th, which is um, about a week and a half away, um, uh, Monday, uh, Monday after Easter, um, the uh, schools are scheduled at this point in time to be opened um, for business and for, for children and teachers and, and staff and everyone else to come back. Um, so it's... Um, even though the president of the, of the United States has suggested uh, social distancing to continue until April 30th, the governor in the state um, has stated that she would like to essentially end social distancing for kids uh, and students on April 13th. Because if you reopen schools, there's no way to keep people uh, in a school with less than six feet between them. Um, so that's the critical date uh, as of right now. Today's April 1st. Um, uh, you know, that that timeline or that deadline is really the linchpin uh, for everything that's going on right now. Okay. Um, let's take it from um, the perspective of uh, – Districts handling the situation. Um, obviously, we work for the Davenport, edu uh, Davenport Community School District, and uh, the school board and Dr. Kabilski uh, has pretty much uh, kept everybody uh, being paid uh, up till the 13th date, um, dateline, I should say. Uh, right. Have other school districts across the state followed this same kind of model? Or what exactly has been its uh, community's perceptions of how to deal with this? Oh, that's a great question. Um, most school districts, most K-12 school districts and community colleges have continued to pay their um, 
their support staff, administrators, uh, teachers, et cetera, um, all employees um, at their current rate of pay uh, for the essentially three to four weeks that they have or that they are scheduled to be closed. Um, I think the, uh, for example, here in Davenport, um, the actual closure was uh, March the 23rd, uh, about 10 days ago. Um, But a week prior to that, uh, the school had gone out on spring break, which is traditionally a paid holiday. Um, And um, most school districts in the state um, have extended uh, all pay through April 13th. Now, what happens after April 13th um, is anybody's guess. Um, Teachers and administrators are salaried employees, uh, so in theory they would be uh, under contract and continue to be paid with some sort of work expectation um, for the days that they're still contracted for. Support staff are hourly employees, and if they're not actually working, quote, on the clock, uh, somehow, um, they they theoretically could be uh, laid off and then eligible for unemployment compensation. So those decisions haven't really been made yet until I guess uh, April thirteenth at the at the very earliest. Um, okay. um, Toby, oh, you, you've talked a, a bit about the the sort of financial impact. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of confusion about distance learning in the state of Iowa. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what we can and can't do? Because I think not that the uh, newspapers haven't necessarily done a very good job of sort of laying out the the, uh, yeses and nos that that, uh, go along with that. Right. And that's another good question and another area uh, of confusion, as you've already suggested, Jay. Um, Essentially, uh, there is there are some attempts to do what's called online or virtual learning or virtual um, teaching um, through uh, the internet, through computers, Chromebooks, or some other kind of electronic means. Uh, another means of delivering education to students. Um, it sounds great in theory, uh, but in reality, it, there's there are a lot of problems. First, um, many courses that students take and many curriculum uh, curriculums that they have are, are exposed to um, are not available via computer. Um, you know, how do you um, you know do a gym class, for example, physical right. education class over the internet? Um, unless I guess they're watching you know videos on on how to do push-ups and, you know, running laps or whatever it may be. Um, how do you also, um, you know, teach special ed students who may have not just, um, uh, you know, educational challenges, but physical and mental uh, challenges uh, that have to be overcome that might not be available via online means um what about students who don't have computers at home or who don't have access to the internet at home um there's a huge equity uh question is you know those items are kind of expensive and um a lot of people don't have them so unfortunately it's not an answer that that's going to 
be satisfied here in the next couple of weeks. There really has to be a lot of thinking and a lot of preparation on doing online education right before it can be universal. Okay, we have these, rightfully so, uh, public schools, of course, the number one concern is education, but the schools also provide services for individuals that, um, because of whatever the reasoning uh, is, uh, they need assistance. Uh, A lot of times it deals with uh, meals or it deals with other other, uh, provisions. Uh, have the school districts continued to provide these provisions, even though the schools are shut down? Well, yes and no. Uh, yes, in terms of meals, um, at least I know some schools have breakfast uh, options. They're actually um, serving some sort of meal to kids that can walk up to the school um, or you know hitch a ride to to, to school for breakfast or lunch. Um, those options have been available in a limited kind of way. I know here in Davenport, for example, um, not every school, I believe, participate in the um, free lunch and free breakfast program, but um, a lot of them did. Um, But it was a bit of hit and miss, I'm sure, and they couldn't tailor meals like they normally could when they're being served inside. These meals were all uh, basically brown bags of sandwiches and whatnot, and people drove by or walked by and picked them up and, and left. Um, nursing services uh, have been um, curtailed. Uh, every school uh, in this area has a school nurse. Um, well, they're not able to work right now, so those services have been um, uh, curtailed, at least for the time being. Uh, any kind of mental health or social service um, outreach that uh, schools provide for students and families, that too has been cut off. So um, it's a, schools are not just places for education. There's places that people can get all different kinds of supports. And many of those supports have been eliminated um, because of the COVID-19 virus. Okay. We have a lot more to talk about, so please stay Mm -hmm. tuned for the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KLA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. KALA 88.5 FM, the radio station with the most diversity in the Quad City region. Jazz, blues, R&B, hip-hop, Spanish and Hispanic programming, gospel, new rock, oldies, news, and shows addressing local community issues. And the world's best in entertainment and news from Public Radio International. Here's something different on KALA 88.5 FM, the most diverse radio station in the Quad City region. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. And historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is John Keeley. This is the second segment of the show referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today's show is Toby Payone. UNICEF Director for the Iowa State Education Association. 
and we're talking about COVID-19, the effects of on Iowa education. Our history book, Rick, as a former educator yourself, uh, you get the first question. Thank you, John, and welcome back, Toby. Hey, Rick, um, how are you? You call me either. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you call me? <laughs> I know you're busy. <laughs> I actually am very busy, uh, even with the, the shutdown, so to speak. Well, we appreciate you uh, peeling off uh, some time to talk with us. I have a uh, essentially a two-part question. Uh, Jay and I have talked about the stress of being sheltered in place, you know, being forced to be with families and and what what have you. Um, have you had any conversations with uh, teachers who are teletraining through the computer uh, about how they are doing, how they're handling this uh, uh, this confinement? And also, have the teachers made any comment how their students are doing uh, with uh, uh, confinement, learning at home? So, two part question. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. And uh, yes to both questions. Yes, we've been uh, as a union, we have been in touch with our members electronically via um, text message, telephone, email, um, not face to face over the last uh, few weeks. And for the most part, uh, the anxiety that you have um described is universal uh, it's not just limited um to yourself or myself it's it's something that everybody seems to be experiencing um it's a little bit different with um students teachers with students because some students have better again electronic access um uh to uh electronic uh, communication means than other students, um, and uh, and again, it, it it sort of varies from person to person. Um, if you're a high school teacher, for example, you might have 180 students. A little bit more of a challenge than if you are uh, an elementary teacher who might have 25 students. Um, so the numbers are going to vary, you know, from teacher to teacher in terms of their ability and and the quantity of folks they have to actually uh, communicate with. But, you know, people are trying. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that are going on on social media and other electronic means to try and uh, keep tabs with, with people. I saw something today where folks are using the good old-fashioned telephone um, as a way uh, to communicate. Uh, some schools are having neighborhood parades, which I think is kind of cool where teachers drive yeah, by in their yeah. cars and they wave. So there, there's all kinds of um, creative ways and traditional ways of, of, of communicating uh, that seem to be coming into play. And heck, my co-host is actually using a cell phone today. So, I mean, it, it's all coming around. Yeah. It's, it's scary, man. It's really scary. <laughs> shocking. It's shocking. <laughs> hey, hey well, Toby, um, I, I, have a, I have a question about at, more at the state level. Um, one of the concerns that I know that, that, that the state has and the district has is um, achievement gaps. And oh, yeah. you've talked already about, you know, accessibility issues. Um, but I'm also wondering, has anybody at the state level, or are you aware of conversations that are happening um, 
by having stuff that's that's pushed out um and kids aren't absolutely required to do it and that's a whole nother kettle of fish that we could talk about um I wonder if you, I, I worry, I guess is more the word, that we're creating a, a greater achievement gap because the kids that are most likely to do work just for the sake of, of because my teacher asked or because I'm really interested, those are the kids who tend to already be achieving. Um, you know, I, I wonder if you're, even if everybody has accessibility, you know, if I'm an average kid, school isn't really interesting to me. Why would I sit down for three or four hours a day and do this this work, particularly if mom and dad aren't home? You know, and again, I'm thinking of kids who are already at risk for a number of other reasons. Now you're going to create a situation where it really is going to be possible for those high achieving kids to really continue to advance and the lower kid gets left even further behind. Are those conversations happening yet? Uh, They are. um, And yet, is there a solution um, to this? Uh, The answer is no. Uh, Certainly the conversations and people are aware of this uh, particular problem that you know, the the shutdown may actually increase the achievement gap and not decrease it. In fact, I think there's more than just anecdotal evidence that it's going to increase the achievement gap. Um, uh, you know, the, the problem is, is that people don't have answers to these questions because uh, they haven't experienced such a long shutdown like this. And it's not just a shutdown. Um it, it really, uh, we're you know, not here in Iowa, but in other places, you know, you have stay-at-home orders where there just isn't that opportunity to um, relate in the social world like we normally do. And school, by its very nature, is a social uh, enterprise. Um, and, you know, if that's shut down, then those kids who um, need uh, that school environment to um to grow and to you know become better citizens and and learn um they're the ones who get hurt the most um unfortunately Uh, another question a group that we have not mentioned is uh uh, esls and these Mm -hmm. poor kids not only do they have the they have the difficulty of coming from another culture and trying to blend in and be part of ours, uh, the connecting factor that brings us all together is language. And many of these students and families do not have fluent language skills to be able to communicate, especially when you're in a lockdown mode. Yep. Has the state addressed this issue? I mean, and I, I'm, I, we're constantly asking, has the state tried to address it like it's a mathematical equation, that you, an algebraic question you can figure out? Uh, but have they have they taken on this issue? Um, pretty similar answer to Jay's question. It's certainly being discussed, but until um, the the larger issue of when do schools come back or when do kids come back to school? When will they be reopened? Um, when will they be safe uh, for people to come back in so that we are um, not susceptible to the uh, coronavirus is really the question that is leading everything else. Um, 
you know, so, you know, the questions you are asking are all terrific. They're, you know, right on, they're spot on, but they're longer term um, versus the shorter term. And that is how do we keep people safe so that uh, they don't get sick, uh, that they have treatment, um, if they do get sick, uh, do we test them? Do they have testing kits available, uh, et cetera? Those are more immediate, and um, the other ones are more on the back burner, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, another quick question. Uh, well, people let, keep... Let's get yeah, John, oh, let's get Rick in here one more time. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm still here, John. Yeah, so I'm isolated. I'm I'm sheltering in place. Uh, Toby, uh, the 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 part of the educational process is a continuity day by day, week by week through, uh, you know, classroom activity, lab activity, uh, whatever. Since the students are basically uh, isolated in learning, and you know they're mm -hmm. they're going to do their lessons on the computer and all that, uh, any thought on the impact of maybe uh, some skills gaps? The fact that the, the lessons won't be as well reinforced as they would in a classroom environment uh, through tele teletraining? Without a doubt. Um, and once uh, the cloud of the COVID-19 virus is, has been listed, there's going to have to be some remediation um, for students, uh, so, sort of like uh, – starting up a power plant all over again or something that's been shut down for sure. a long time. Sure. It's just going to take um, several weeks, if not months, depending upon how long people are out, to get students and teachers and the whole educational process uh, back to where it was prior to uh, the shutdown. Um, you know, the operative question becomes – when? When does this happen? Does it happen over the summer months? Does it happen slowly? Does it happen quickly? And of course, as you guys have already talked about with regards to online learning, what's the method? Do you do it online? Do you do it face-to-face? -face? All those things are still wide open and, and unfortunately um, unanswerable at this time. All right. Uh, question kind of back to uh, both Toby and Rick. Rick, you've admitted several times that you are a businessman. So uh, what are you guys' opinion? They're talking about if um, we get the clear, let's say, at the end of May, that they'll send the kids back to school for June and July. Uh, do you think that the business world out there, especially the uh, areas of tourism, are going to let the states do this. There's a tremendous pressure on on both uh, Governor Pritzker and Governor Reynolds to uh, back off from their respective their respective uh, techniques on on uh, addressing the, the the virus, and it is driven by money, you know, and and uh, of course, yep, two trillion dollars uh, from the government is not going to be equally distributed among each of the persons that have lost their job or have reduced hours. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that uh, the impact 
is going to be long-term. You know, kids are not going to be traveling with their parents on vacations, those hotels and, and uh, uh, you know, amusement parks and restaurants are not going to get the business. I think this will have have a extremely radical impact on on uh, the economics, but the pressure is keen on both governors to back off and let the the economy turn back up again. And, and uh, John, I would say it's really a question of values. Okay, um, what do we value more? Do we value our health and our um, physical safety or do we in mental safety, if you will, um, or do we support um, economic uh, growth and development more? Um, because one of them is going to win out over the other uh, in terms of, you know, June and July for students to, to go back um, to school. Um, if you support kids making sure they have the education that they need to be prepared for the next grade or prepared for the next level of education they're, that they're going to have, then you probably would encourage kids to go back to school in June and July. If, on the other hand, uh, you support economic development and economic uh, growth and um, you know jobs and the economy more than education, you probably say, no, I want these kids to be working if they're teenagers or, you know, their parents being able to take them on vacation and spend money that way. So it's really a question of of priorities, and we'll soon find out. All right, Toby, it is customary that we give our guests the last word on our show. So why do you think knowing about how the state of Iowa is dealing with education during this pandemic is relevant today? Well, first of all, this pandemic is affecting everybody. It's not, uh, uh, you, you know, it's not isolating one segment of people. It's isolating all of us in many respects. Um, as I mentioned in my last uh, answer, it, it we're going to come out of this pandemic uh, sometime soon, hopefully. And we as a state, we as a nation, we as a world are going to have to decide Again, what are our values? Um, how do we respond to the negative aspects of this pandemic, i.e. Uh, the relative unpreparedness that I believe most of us would agree that we've had with it? Um, and how are we going to come out of this with regards to uh, the economy? Uh, we're looking at you know, 20 to 25 percent unemployment. Um, you know, high levels of unemployment. Um, it, it's a it's a tremendous challenge, and I, I think we all need to figure out how we work together to uh, come up with a plan that uh, works for the vast majority of us. And elections okay, well, will matter. This is an election year, so you, if you want to speak about values, then um, show your values on November third. Okay. <laughs> When we come back, we will wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM.
program, the award-winning Relevant or Irrelevant, is heard Friday evenings at 9.30 p.m. Central Time on KALA HD2 or 106.1 FM in the Quad City area. You can listen over the air or anywhere via TuneIn.com. To hear this program and many other archived editions at any time, visit SoundCloud.com. Search for username KALA Radio. There you'll find Relevant or Irrelevant and many other productions produced at the St. Ambrose University Communications Center. This concludes our 358th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme and was written and performed by Mark Zap Zapital. My name is Jay Swords. My name is John Keeley. We would like to thank our guest, Toby Payone, Uniserve Director for the Iowa State Education Association, who talked with us about COVID-19 effects on Iowa education. The history buff for today's show was Rick Sweet. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hoso Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night. Good night.